Hello, and welcome to Live Fix Radio. This is Chris. This is Colleen. And we're very excited today. Uh, we're not we're not scared or anything like that, even though it is Halloween. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, yes. Uh, we have a very, very special show. I'm excited. Very scary uh, show, actually. Yeah. Uh, a show full of fear, uh, but not just any kind of fear. We're going to explore fear as it pertains, uh, you know, in the context of concerts, live music, things that scare you or things you might be afraid of at a show, whether you know it or not. Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this stuff. You know, I struggle with that a little bit too. You know, I, you know, I, I uh, don't want to... the more you know, the more you could fear, potentially. Is that what you found in your research? You did, you did some fantastic research for this show. So... I did not find that, but I'm a, I'm guessing maybe the more you know, the more you could fear, right? I I guess, yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I always wonder about when you you know, if you have the same situation and uh, you know, you're at night and if you're, you know, feeling the same thinking the same kind of thoughts in the middle of the day, you know, you're you're not going to be as scared in the middle of the day with the, with the light, you know, versus uh, if you're sitting in a dark room. You know, I know context and situations always have that. So I hopefully they're, they're, I, you know, they're listening to this in a non-scary situation. I can tell you. I don't know. You know, we're talking about um, the brain and we're talking about fear. Fear is really not, of the dark in particular, is not found in children under two. Really? So that's, that's partly cognitive development, where they're at cognitively. Right. How how their brain has grown or not grown, right, right. at that at that point. So I, I do think it could have something to do with your brain. Right. I mean, it's a lot of things. We we've been in a lot of shows where there's babies, you know, in uh, uh, holsters. You know, the baby holster. Uh, you know, we see we've seen a lot at, at Pitchfork, Lollapalooza. You know, carrying the babies around with the um, protective ear, you know, uh, ear muffles uh, on there, and uh, you wonder how you know uh, fears of those parents might get passed down. You know, to those babies, you know, if they if they pick up on that kind of stuff. But you're saying only at a certain age. Really, do you, I mean, do you develop the, well, that, those fears. The research, you know, the research they found. Um, you know, children under two are just not scared of the dark. Mm-hmm. But when they start hitting two, you know, three, four, five, then then you start seeing that fear of mommy, daddy, keep the lights on, and there's there's a fear, there's more fear of the unknown. Hmm. And that's what we're going to get into today. We have a fantastic show. Uh, it's Halloween. Hopefully you're eating lots of candy, watching lots of scary movies, listening to very scary music, talking about scary things. And and know. taking the day off, hopefully at work, maybe. Yeah. yeah you know, taking maybe, half a day. Yeah, or you have a little diversion here. Hopefully this, this show here is a diversion for you. You know, you want to... Maybe you're going to a show tonight. You're going to a concert, and you know it's a scary show. It's a Halloween show. I know there's lots of them going on in Chicago, uh, especially over the weekend. Halloween, you know, falls on a Monday this year, so you hot probably... cider, pumpkins, yeah, witches, corn mazes. You know, I mean, what's worse than getting lost or getting chased in a corn maze by a serial killer? You know, going to a bad concert. I mean, those are pretty scary events, right? I mean. Who knows? We're going to explore that. This is all about. This show is all about fear, you know, and, and all these types of things. Uh, Colleen told me before we started here, she has you know some interesting facts. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but you said that you have uh, found over 50 fears that could possibly you know, be experienced at a concert. Correct. Is that 50? You said 50. 
About 50. Wow. About wow. 50. So that's amazing. So There's a lot of phobias out there. Yeah. A lot of phobias. We're, uh, we're going to get into that. But first, we, we have uh, some uh, housekeeping stuff. We've been, uh, you know, we've been taking live fix on the road. You know, we recently, uh, this last week, uh, we had the uh, pleasure and honor of uh, presenting live fix to a group of people who are enjoy, you know, are um, interested in uh, self-quantifying or self-tracking. And it was the uh, Chicago Self-Quantitative uh, Group on uh, meetup.com. So first time I've ever been to a meetup. Uh, it, was, it was fantastic. I came back totally inspired. Uh, I know, Colleen, uh, you know, what, did, what did you think? How did you? Well, it was just some great brains um, just asking some great questions. You know, asking what, you know, how we can um, find data for things, how we can start looking at changing, you know, the future, you know, by, by data and, and by looking at, you know, what our progress is and what's really going on, um, you know, for a company, for an individual um, when they're experiencing things. And we talked a lot about gamification, which mm-hmm. is very interesting and, and it's a new, I, I wouldn't say it's a cool new stuff. concept, but it's, cool. it's one that has been, you know, picking up speed. And, um, you know, I would like to personally find a way that how we can measure live music experiences. Right. And so if there's anyone out there that loves to make apps or is um, into gamification, we would love to, to partner with you and look at ways that we can monitor concerts and how we can track what concerts you're going to or um, even track, you know, fans, if they love live music, how they maybe interact with music on a daily basis, mm-hmm. you know, what music they listen to when they're feeling upset, what music they listen to when they're feeling happy. Yeah, there was a, a, uh, a Q&A session after our, you know, we were there for, spoke for about five to ten minutes and uh, some great questions from other concert fans that were there presenting. It was about 20 or 30 people there. Uh, from uh, different uh, health-related groups, and um, they were really excited to uh, to have us there, and and they had some really some really cool questions, you know, about how to track emotions. And one of the key concepts that we presented there was, you know, we have this emotional experience, you know, of uh, you know during a concert, and what about having opportunity to quantify and track, you know, whatever whether whether it be the uh, you know, physiological experience, you know, through thoughts, thoughts, all those types of things, combining the musical experience with, you know, the backstory of, of self-tracking, you know, metrics to, you know, to quantify that experience and putting those together. And how does that put even more context to, you know, to our live music experiences? So that's, that's what we're most excited about uh, being a part of that group. And we're going to continue to do that more here on Live Fix. We're going to talk to fans about, you know, what it means to quantify and, you know, tell that part of the story of, you know, when you're at a show, you know, and put all that together. So we'll have links to all, uh, you know, that meetup group. Again, if you have never been to a meetup uh, before about a certain topic, definitely something you want to check out. Uh, we'll have links to uh, the group that we were, we were there and share some more info, you know, on, uh, on that. Great, uh, great time. You know, and the other, the other thing, too, is that... Uh, you know, we've uh, we've been having some fantastic conversations with fans on uh, Facebook. Uh, great stuff going on the Live Fix uh, Facebook page, and then also on Twitter. Uh, fans have been asking us uh, for different topics to the shows. Uh, one of them, uh, our friend uh, Angel from uh, Florida, he asked about you know different uh, bands that produce good shows 
you know, live music experiences, but they record Horrible studio albums. bad studio albums, you know? And one being the Grateful Dead, which, right. you know, Jerry was pretty open about that. You know, he said that they don't make good um, studio albums. He yeah. said that right. There was an interview that we listened to a couple weeks ago that he said, I just don't, we just don't, Grateful Dead does not do a good job of doing studio albums. You've got to come to our show to experience it. Mm-hmm. And there's more than just, you know, that band that, that circles with that. Yeah. So it was great to get that kind of, uh, you know, topic going because we, we've actually, we're actually developing a show right along that so it was great to hear you know angel ask about that and we've had some other you know fans suggest uh, different topics to shows so by all means go to livefixblog.com uh you know hit us up on uh, on twitter ask a you know ask a question and uh we will definitely love to uh, develop a show around that and uh you know maybe even have you on the show you know if you're going to these shows and you know you got stories definitely you know want to want to hear them so I think that uh, that does it for this this uh, housekeeping uh, segment of our show. And when we come back, we're going to get into some music news, concerts at thirty thousand feet. This is this is uh, some interesting things, and then also uh, you know some things about uh, Sugarland and all that kind of stuff. So, does the amps work at thirty thousand feet? That's a good question. I don't know. You're gonna have to you're gonna have to wait, Colleen. You know, just like. Between the opening band and the band that you came to see, there's that period of waiting. You know, you're gonna have to wait. But the wait's worth it. Yeah, yeah, good, yeah, absolutely. So when we come back, concert news for you guys. Here we are at Nashville Airport, BNA. I fly Southwest a lot, so yeah, it's fun to be doing this on the flight that I'm on a lot. I've always actually wanted to pick up my guitar in the middle of a flight and just walk down the aisle and play songs, but this is the first time I've ever actually gotten a chance to do it. Hey man, how you doing? Good, how are you doing? I'm good. Where are we going? You can go in coach section. Alright. We're right here. Normal flight, had no idea what was going on, and... um, I guess about halfway through the flight, they stood up, grabbed their guitars, and started playing. Southwest is kind of known for our fun in-flight entertainment, our great flight attendants. So we have something really extra special for you today, your very own in-flight concert. This is a state-of-the-art high performance sound system we've installed specifically for this flight. All right. Something's in the air tonight. Skies alive with the burning light Mark my words, something's bound to rain Found myself in bit of fight Held my hand through the darkest night Don't know where you're coming from But you're coming soon It was just surreal Talked to the guy next to me and said Are they going to play for us? And by golly, they sure did. It was just a great surprise, and it was just a blast. It's like the whole plane became a concert. All right, we're back here, and uh, we're talking about fear. You know, it's Halloween, and um, what better topic than to talk about scary things that make us feel afraid? So, Colleen, do you have a do you have a fear of, of flying? I do not. You know, I do not have a fear of flying. Huh. Um. I do have a slight fear of heights, but it, it has to be in certain situations. I mean, flying, mountains, those that doesn't 
I'm not fearful of that, but hmm. um, you know, being up really high in a, sci- a skyscraper or you know, what being if you're thirty thirty thousand feet in the air listening to your favorite band play a show while you're traveling to another? That would be city. good. I mean, I think that would relax people. Yeah, because there's a lot of people out there that don't fly because they're afraid of heights. Yeah. That's actually a good thing. I'm just surprised that the amps and all the equipment works, but they must be battery operated or, you know, I mean, who knows? Yeah. The Our reason... computers work up there, so I'm sure the amps will work too. Yeah. You know, the reason I ask you is that uh, that clip we were just listening to was from a very interesting news story that uh, was uh, created by Southwest Southwest Airlines and Matt Kearney, singer-songwriter, uh you know, nothing more to lose. I'm sure you guys have heard that song before. Uh, they, those two people, they uh, they uh, teamed up to give fans a secret surprise show, thirty thousand feet in the air, and you know, it got us thinking about uh, you know some interesting things that you could do with live music. It's very like exclusive. That's a very exclusive yeah. kind of you know. And I bet, I bet if we look back in in, in history, I bet a lot of artists who have private planes. The Rolling Stones, U2, all those kind of big name bands. I bet you they've done concerts live on planes. On planes? But not for audiences. Well, I guess it depends. You know, you know again, we've we've explored before. What is a concert? You know, what constitutes a concert? Is it who's there? Where are you at? You know, where you are at emotionally? Is it unplugged? Right. Hooked up to an amp? Is you know, it what is that? How many people are the, there? You what's know? the definition like, what, of live music? You know, what constitutes live music, you know? There's a, it's the, the definition is, is shifting. So if you elevate the concert to 30,000 feet, I mean, that just puts another element in there. So this is a kind of interesting thing. We're going to, you know, continue to follow this. And when I first heard about this, you know, I was like, I know that this is, you know, to your point, this is probably not the first time that, you know, a concert, you know, a little engagement like this has been done before. And, you know, we did, a, you know, some quick research here and we looked at, uh, we found the Kanye West last year before, on his way to, to the uh, MTV Music Awards. He did a uh, surprise concert where he jumped in the cockpit and jumped on the, the uh, plane PA and did a, uh, you know, an impromptu uh, uh, medley of, um, yeah, of uh, uh, Good Life and uh, Gold Digger. And, um, you know, it was it was a pretty wow, cool thing. Wow, wouldn't that you know? be awesome? I mean, I wish I was on a plane that, you know, I, I have to, like, beg for a few peanuts, you yeah. know? So, I mean, that's got to be awesome to, like, you know, get this plane ticket and be on the plane and you get, you know, a live show along with the, the ticket price. You know, that's, I, I'm glad you, <laughs> I don't know if you're setting me up for my for my point. We didn't really talk about this before, but thank you for the segue. I'm wondering if, you know, bands in uh, planes or, uh Airlines are going to be, you know, doing this more often. It looks like Teaming that up, huh? Southwest Airlines on their blog, you know, has talked about how they're going to be doing this more, more partnerships with artists, you know, doing surprise shows on planes. So I'm wondering, is that going to, I mean, ticket prices for, for airlines right now, you know, they're, it's still, I mean, they're still struggling. You know, they're still, you know, the prices go up and down, you know, it's, it's our artists going to continue. Will that raise ticket prices? I mean... We're already having issues with ticket prices in the the regular concert industry. So, or you know, is it? But you is could it have something maybe, fans maybe, are going to be willing to pay for? Maybe you could get a concert you know? instead of a movie. You yeah, know, I'm, you I'm just saying. Your, maybe we can. You you know, maybe we can I mean, work a little, negotiate the price. You know, 
I just imagine, you know, now you're, you know, you go on to Priceline.com or you go on Expedia and you're picking out your, you know, your plane uh, flight, you know, where you want to take off and you're merging that with, you know, the, uh, your favorite artist and their tour and you're like, oh, you know, they're coming from here. So like Madonna in New York or something? Yeah, you know, and that might influence when you take your flight, you know, Madonna might be on the show. You know, rah, rah, right in New Mexico. Or I mean, who, I could, know? yeah, I could see this. Wow. I mean, it's, it's just, it, interesting. It, it really puts a twist on it. So we're going to, we're going to continue to do that. You know, we've been exploring the concept of uh, surprise shows. So this is definitely in that, uh, in that arena. So kind of very, uh, very interesting. You know, if you, if anybody, uh, you know, as you're listening to this show, if you if you were on that South by, you know, that South, I keep saying South by Southwest, but uh, Southwest Airlines flight with Matt Kearney, or you've been on a plane where some, you know, an artist has done a surprise show like that, we want to hear what uh, what it was like. You know, we'd love to hear your story, you know, and uh, kind of talk with you a little bit more about that because we're going to continue to study, you know, and uh, explore that. It's some pretty uh, some pretty cool stuff. So. Uh, what else we got? Uh, music news. Um, uh, this next, you know, this next one is uh, it is kind of sad. You know, it's uh, you know a little tragic. You know, all those types of things. But um, you know, Adele, the um, you know the singer, she's got she's breaking records right now with you know her you know her songs, her music, and everything. But she had to cancel her tour, her complete uh, U.S. tour for the rest of the year. And uh, she had to cancel it because she's having uh, throat surgery. She's having uh, hemorrhaging in her uh, vocal cords. So she's been advised by her doctors not to play anymore. She's just getting ready to uh, kick off uh, eastern uh, leg of a tour in the United States. And uh, she's she's canceled the tour. So um, you were saying earlier, Colin, there's some, some you things asked, floating around. Uh, and, and we were talking, yeah, I mean, um, Twitter, the fans of Twitter were saying that she had throat cancer. Wow. Um, her management team has said that that's not true. Um, that's the issue with social media. I mean, you can really, rumors can start very quick, yeah. um, very quickly if um, the right person has it and they start tweeting about it. Um, it happens all the time. I remember when um, Steve Jobs was sick. That his um, that he had died happened way they there was tweeted on Twitter and it wasn't true, right. and so um, that happens often. But um, unfortunately, uh, it looks like fortunately for her that the management got a hold of that right away and said no that mm-hmm. she just has to lay low and take care of her vocal cords and, and possibly surgery. Um, you had asked me earlier what was Adele's last name? Yes, because everyone always calls her Adele. Obviously, Adele. that's her, yeah. their name. Yeah. Kind of random fact. What, what, what's her, her last name is Adkins. Adele Adkins. Her full name is Adele Lori Blue Adkins. Adkins. Okay. So. Wow. Well, thank you. Yeah. So. You know, I'm wondering if anybody, you know, if she's planning on doing any surprise shows, maybe on her uh, her comeback uh, early next year, she might pop up on a surprise show on a plane. Who knows? She's actually won a lot of awards. Um, at the 2009 Grammy Awards, Adele won the award for Best New Artist and Best Female Pop Vocal Performance. Hmm. So, I mean, she's, she's doing very, very well, you know, um, and that's it's too bad. I hope that she can have a speedy recovery and get back on stage. Yeah, this is unfortunate, something like this to happen when she's, uh, you know, at the top of the charts. I know her management has to be... Uh, Pretty upset and uh, disappointed at that because you know you, you 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 know 
from a revenue standpoint, you know, you really want to cash in on those types of things when they're peaking. So hopefully her music will continue to... But she to, can also play know. the guitar, the piano, and the bass. Wow, really? And the That's keyboard. Awesome. And percussion, actually, too. So maybe she can just jump in with that stuff instead of using her voice. Yeah. I mean, she's got a pretty pretty emotive uh, live performance style, you know, with her that deep soul. So hopefully, maybe this will make her voice even better. You know? So... We'll have to wait and see again. Yeah, we hope she recovers quickly and, you know, all the fans that we're looking forward to seeing her uh, can uh, get back to those shows, you know. We'll have to, we'll keep keep you guys updated uh, on that. So our next uh, segment here is about, uh, or our next story is uh, about CD sales and free concert tickets. So what's interesting about this is that, uh, you know, I saw this come through the, uh, Know, the news reports here and it's it's basically a um you know a story about trying to rejuvenate uh rejuvenate cd sales by having exclusive concerts at uh stores uh which is kind of like what record store day you know where you, you you put the emphasis on the the brick and mortar place you know obviously people right now they're um you know they're more interested in, in digital music. CD sales have been declining rapidly, and this is another attempt at the music industry trying to get creative to to do that. You know, to me, it seems a little seems a little retroactive. It's, it seems a little bit you know too much, too late kind of thing. Uh, I think there's other creative ways that that they could you know engage fans instead of you know encouraging people to buy CDs. Um, just doesn't seem very forward thinking to me. I don't. I don't know what your thoughts on that, Colleen are, but you know, I, I, I haven't bought a CD in a long time. You know, I mean, I haven't. It's something that. You just, yeah, I don't uh, think I've bought a CD in about two years. Yeah, yeah. Literally about two years, maybe longer. I mean, I always get my stuff now on iTunes, um, or get it online. You know, there's a lot of people giving out some really good free music. Yeah, so it's I mean, you uh, constantly can get free MP3s from new bands out there. So it, you know, there's really not a reason to get CDs anymore. Yeah, especially for the younger generation. I know there's a segment of the, of the music buying population that, you know, maybe the uh, baby boomers, you know, are going to stores. But do the baby boomers really go to record stores? You know, to go to the independent shops? I don't know, but. Kind of interesting. If you guys have a thought about that, you know, we'd love to hear what you what you think. Uh, drop a comment, you know, on the blog, and uh, we'll we'll talk about that too. Uh, the next piece we want to talk about this is this is something that I'm super excited about this because this is uh, uh, Bjork is uh, she just released Biophilia, and it's not just an album. You know, Biophilia is a full multimedia you know concept that goes beyond just the recording. Uh, portion of you know of the music and um i've listened through you know biophilia a couple times already and uh it it really it starts out you know as a you know kind of you know it's very intriguing she recorded it you know much of it i think all of it uh on a on an ipad and a lot of it was released you know through uh through itunes and you know i've been reading some of the uh reviews about uh how she's taking biophilia and you know, making it a multimedia project, and it sounds it sounds awesome. You know, it sounds really sweet. She's telling uh, stories of, of human emotion, you know, le- using live theatrics and you know, art installations. Just just some really cool stuff. You know, she's been this is nothing new for her. You know, she's just pushing she's herself. She's always pushed you know? the boundaries of music, especially yeah. live music. Right, right. So 
she hasn't come over stateside yet to do anything. She's just doing stuff right now in Iceland. So hopefully she comes over to the uh, United States and you know brings this to Chicago, New York, or you know someplace where you know uh, we can we can experience it because it's it sounds pretty sweet. You know, I've, I haven't had a chance to see her live and just listening. She's to She's very tech savvy. You know? I mean, she she it looks like she's done some DJing. She does DJing through her computer. Mm-hmm. You know, she uses the um, I believe a Mac to do that. I mean, she's just very. You know, you said she used her, you know, iPad, and I mean, she just is really into technology and how to use it to just enhance music. Yeah, and the bio, absolutely, and the biophilia incorporates a lot of what she has has played live before, because she played at Coachella and a bunch of other places before this album was released, and she's including those recordings into biophilia. So it's live music coming in, and then she's representing it at the shows and with this art, you know, and her crazy costumes and stuff like that. So it's it's really something where you experience it listening first and then you go for the visual spectacle and it, you know the story continues it kind of completes itself so hopefully we get to see her live wow this is know? a very interesting fact that probably a lot of people don't know about this is kind of an add to uh-huh. to the news but um apparently she had an obsessed fan hmm. in 1996 okay there was apparently a big news story um where she's from in london and um Iceland? actually Iceland the fan was from London I oh, apologize okay. and um it appears that um his name was Ricardo Lopez he mailed an acid spraying letter bomb to Bjork um and uh to and then in his uh, to her, Bjork's London home I guess she has a London home as well um also the Iceland home and then killed himself and he videotaped making this um oh. contraption so, I, I mean, she's had a lot of um, fans that were very... We've talked before in the past about obsessed fans. And um, we're kind of, this is kind of a scary episode. So that's kind of scary, right? To think that you have an obsessed fan. So she's got a lot of people out there really listening to their music and, and appreciating it. But uh, but there's been some scary stuff, too, for her. Yeah, I mean, well, an artist like her, when you put yourself out there emotionally, which she does in her music, I mean, you listen to stuff and she's... She gets pretty, you know, pretty open with that. And when an artist does that, naturally you get fans that want to reciprocate that or they feel, uh, you know, like a really close, intimate connection with them, even though they've probably never met this fan before, you know. And I assume this is probably not the only fan that's felt like that, but, you know. And it looks like he put together 18 hours of video about Bjork and about how he felt about her music and sent it to her uh, along with this. And even about the concerts he went to? Um, he didn't, it doesn't look like, well, it's possible. They don't write about that, huh. but 18, you know, hours of footage is, is pretty, it's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you have to be interesting to go and go through that and see, you know, how this experience is at her shows, you know, mm-hmm. uh, influenced, influenced. Yeah. And so. obviously with obsession, there's always, um, the possibility of mental illness. Yeah. And so that could have been the case as well. So. We've seen that before in live music, unfortunately. You know, mm-hmm. it goes goes hand in hand. So, uh, great stuff. Good good find on that one. <laughs> so, our last music uh, live music news comes from uh, from Sugarland, and you know the tragedy that happened uh, in August. You know the stage collapse at the uh, Indiana State Fair. You know that that whole situation. It just it just continues to get get worse. You know we've we've uh, been following that, and you know as far as 
the victims and the you know the people involved in that kind of getting some resolution um, you know meaning you know are are you know is anything being done to regulate the stages you know to keep people uh, safe you know and to find out was there any illegal things going on you know anybody you know breaking laws or something like that about the stage regulation so fortunately a lot of the new stuff that we've seen you know the regulations and everything is, are not going to happen until like 2013 you know a lot of this people aren't going to get resolution you know to this but uh, that's a scary thought you know, because you know there you know I mean, the government's a lot not of concerts, able to do anything there's a lot of concerts that are going to happen from now till then and yeah. so the possibility of this happening again i mean they lost six people that day um and a lot of people were injured and it has i don't think a lot of those stories have come out yet, but I mean that's six people dead. I mean, you're looking at that, you know, that happening again, and and that's that's I don't understand why they can't um, look at that sooner. It's yeah. putting our families at risk. Anyone that goes to a show, it's putting you know friends and um, you know people that don't need to be at risk in those situations. Yeah, and what's most interesting too, you know, a lot of large part of what we've uh, covered about this whole thing is. Uh, you know the influence and the you know impact of uh, this such a traumatic event you know on the emotions and over the last several weeks you know we've seen uh, videos on YouTube you know fans uh, creating five minute uh, video tributes and memorials uh, to the fans that uh, that died uh, you know and uh, just and watching and then Sugarland themselves put out um, they actually did a tribute show right they came back to uh, uh, this past Friday on the twenty eighth they went back to uh Conseco uh, uh music venue in uh, in Indianapolis invited them uh, fans back to a uh, free concert and they had uh, a uh banner that was painted uh, Jennifer Nettles the lead singer she spray painted uh heel on a uh, large flag and then uh, as uh, music was playing uh and and then she handed that flag to the crowd, and the crowd, uh, we'll have a video of this posted, you know, on the crowd uh, passed it around. Crowd passed it around, which, you know, and you see everybody kind of having that group mourning, you know, experience, and which is awesome, you know, you know, on their part. I think that that you know, it's great that they're stepping up and trying to do something. But I, I could still, I can only imagine what the families are feeling and and, and what they're struggling with, and it's going to be a long process for them to uh, to start, you know. Moving on, you know, not moving on, but start grieving the the loss of their loved ones. I mean, there's they they actually show the pictures of the most. There were a couple men and some women. It was pretty mixed who died um, that day. And um, on one of the videos, it's just very, it's very sad. They all had a life, and they all, one of the girls was from Chicago. Actually, mm -hmm. um, she worked in um, behavioral health. It looks like she did some. Um, case management, I believe, um, a local agency downtown and did a lot of um, civil rights um, activists for uh, the gay population in Chicago. So it just, it's, it's awful. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know her personally, but she mm. definitely worked in the, the circles that I am um, a part of and working in, um, you know, behavioral health and uh, in Chicagoland. So um, it's, you know, just too bad. I, my heart goes out to the families and I hope that, um, the videos on YouTube can continue their legacy and, and hopefully we can get to the, get to some sort of resolution as far as these stages, uh, before someone else gets hurt. Yeah. I mean, every, you know, everybody that goes to a concert has a story and, you know, these seven people that died, you know, they all, 
you know, they were concert fans and, you know, will continue to share their stories, you know, and updates like these and things like that. So again, if you, you were at, if you were at that Sugarland concert, you know, we'd love, you know, again, love to hear, you know, from you and, you know, let us know how you're doing. You know, if you, uh, you know, you've been to a, a show since then and, you know, you, you, you know, you're experiencing kind of, uh, you know, fallout from, from that show. We, we'd love to hear more about that. I think that's something that, uh, I mean, it definitely helps the grieving process, right, Colleen? You know, in a way. I mean, I think that's. Um, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's that's you know, it's good to see the band Sugarland doing things like this because sure. it just doesn't. If you forget push it about it, you're you know? not. It's you're not going to get better. You know, forgetting about grief or or not working through it, 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 it most of the time makes it worse mm. because you're not you're not looking at it, you're not dealing with it, and and that's partly what we're talking about today is. Dealing with fear, fear. dealing yeah. with the fear and, and, and not fear will only increase if you do not manage it and deal with it. If you walk away from fear, fear will have more power. Yeah. So we're going to, uh, that wraps up our concert news segment here. When we come back, we're going to dive right into fear and we're going to explore all those uh, those fifty fears, or at least at least part of them, right? We're not going to get into uh, to all of them. No, 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 <laughs> no. We we don't we're not, we wouldn't bore you, but but there's some good. There's we don't want to. We don't want to scare everybody too much, right? We don't want. Yes, we don't want to scare people too much because the more you know, the more you could possibly fear, right? Yeah, exactly. You know, we started this show with uh, one of my all-time favorite scary movies, Psycho, and the music you're just listening to probably already know what movie that's from. That's my second all-time scariest movie, very close to Psycho, The Exorcist. And actually, The Exorcist is my all-time favorite. Yeah. That's all-time favorite. I mean, I that in Nightmare on Elm Street. I was, I was gonna say, what about Freddy? <laughs> uh, you know, he, he's I know up there. I but know you're a fan but of Exorcist is the the thing with fear is that it's it's the fear of the unknown, mm-hmm. the fear of the future, and so with Exorcist, there is such a fear of the unknown. With Freddy, it's like he's known, he's a known but, fear. But Freddy is psychological. Freddy is a psychological fear. So you don't know Working when he's going to come f- visit you, but you know Freddy's going to come visit you by the end of the night. Right. Whereas and Exorcist, he's... you don't know who's going to be possessed at the end of the night. Yeah, it's a little more based in reality, which is why it's very terrifying for me, because I know some of the stuff that goes on in Exorcist is, is pretty real, you know, from from uh, many different perspectives, you know, with, uh, with that. But um, Fear in concerts is uh, something we've we've talked about this before. You know, uh, there's a lot of different ways we could go about this, and what we're gonna do, you know, is talk about fear as it relates, you know, to live music and all the types of fears that could go along, you know, with that. Uh, what, you know, what fans are afraid of. So, what, um, what, what, what are some of the fears, Colleen, and that that you, you know, that that fans could, uh, you know, expect at at a show, or maybe not even be aware of what. Well, a, a great website that I've used before because I wanted to look up phobias. 
Because, you know, there's a lot of people say, I'm, I'm, a fear, I'm afraid of this, I'm afraid of that, you know, really? Okay, but what's the term for that? You know, and um, so if you want to, if anyone ever wants to check out or you want to know anything about phobias, you know, please, by all means, check out phobialist.com. It's been around a while and it's, hmm. as a person since about the early 90s, since, oh, actually since 1980, wow. they've been putting together, um, and then it was added to the web 1995, they started putting together a list of terms that explain phobias. So these are these are official ones that you know, like the the DSM, the Diagnostic Manual of Psychology of uh, Mental Illness. Is this like a dictionary of phobias that have been proven, shown up in studies, things like that? Yeah, I mean, they're ones that he's researched and found. You okay. know, um, I wouldn't say you'd find it in any kind of. You find them all are found in the dictionary. Okay. Um, but you would not find them in the D- DSM or any kind of medical handbook to prescribe. I mean, mostly phobias are just um, anxiety disorders. Hmm. Okay, so it, they fall under that. Okay. Okay, but but this is actually um, taking and breaking them down to exactly a fear. Hmm. And so, um, because really a fear, when someone has a fear, the symptoms are all the same. Mm-hmm. You know, heart racing, sweaty palms, um, you know, the, the, sometimes they will avoid that fear. Oh, heightened so sense of awareness. Heightened sense of awareness. Hyper, hyper awareness. Hyper vigilant, you, know? you know, that will appear, that will happen when they're encountering their fear. Hyper vigilant. Hyper vigilant. Um, hyper mean? aroused. They're, hi- they're hyper, um, they're acknowledging and noticing things, um, Right away, and they get spooked right away. Okay, okay so they're hyper vigilant, they're hyper on cue, they're hyper um, observant to things at that moment because that they're feeling that um, that fear right oh. away. So if you had a fear of heights, um, you'd become more hyper vigilant the closer you got to the top of the building, oh, okay. and you get more your arousal and your fight or flight um, hormones and things like that will increase. Interesting. Okay, so yeah. Cool. Um, so there's some I found that would probably affect someone who went to a live show. For instance, agoraphobia, which most people have heard of before. Agoraphobia is afraid of crowds, you know, afraid of being outside, being around people, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and, um, and at concerts, you're around. I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I've never been at a concert where there's no people there except for me and the band. Right. But even the band are people, so there would be some fear. So So that's one. Um, there's also, and I'm going to try not to dock the, dock some of these names, but acousticophobia is a fear of noise. Yeah. Some of these names, uh, are quite, are, uh, tough to say. I mean, so they're... <laughs> acousticophobia is a fear of noise and it's also a fear of hearing yourself. Huh. So most people don't like to hear their own voice, but this is a, a extreme feeling of not wanting to hear yourself or hear noise. Wow. So that would be definitely... Agoraphobia, man. I, I, that's going to be interesting to put that in context of that uh, that Matt Kearney news piece, you know, about seeing people, you know, asking people 30,000 feet in the air, you know, you're you're at a show and doing that and, you know, a confined place like that in a, Probably, in a, in a plane. Right. I mean, and, and all these phobias have different severities. I mean, yeah. you could have a, a minimal um, amount of uh, a phobia affecting your life to, you know, someone affecting your life 
you know, it being extremely effective in life. So zero to ten, you, you zero is not really that bad. You have a little bit. Ten being you can't even be in crowds. You hang out in your house, your house all the time. Hmm. So you know, I would say someone who probably has a severe agoraphobia would not be even going to concerts. Would not be be outside of their house probably. Well, what's interesting is that the lead singer of Deer Hunter, uh, he has uh, been open about it. He has uh, agoraphobia, so that's. An interesting thing that, you know... Which I would say it's probably easier to be... In, in a case of agoraphobia, it probably would be easier to be the, the band mm-hmm. or the lead singer than the crowd. Someone, yeah. a fan in the crowd. Hmm. Because you're not surrounded and you're not in close quarters with people. But it also, the energy, I think, would maybe trigger them. But they wouldn't have to be like, you know... They wouldn't have people around him all the time. So there may he may have a little bit easier time presenting and... And behaving, and imagine too a lot of that anxiety and you know uh, stress that is associated with that that he's experiencing during that during that moment that gets channeled, and it probably adds an element to their music. Maybe that if he didn't have agoraphobia, you know, their music and his vocal performance, you know, the way he plays guitar might sound different. You know, I mean, there's probably a lot of that getting you know the fear agoraphobia manifesting in the in deer hunters music sure and there are some people that um music can calm their um anxiety and their phobia Hmm. um and there's a lot of studies out there that shows anxiety can be decreased with music and um you know one of the big things for people who have a lot of anxiety or social anxiety if they have their headphones on that can help with that Hmm. um but the problem with that is that they're not fighting that fear. It may be a band-aid for them, hmm. but they're not challenging that fear. Kind of a temporary solution. To right. Huh. Exactly. Um, so what else you got? Okay. What, so what, we've what, got what a fear of open and high places, acroarophobia. Uh, um, that's a fear of open and high places, which for me I'm thinking of the Converse Theater that we were just recently at. Um, you know, the Metro is not really a tall ceiling, but um, it has a balcony, you know, a couple of venues in Chicago that have balconies. Um, I'm sure... Kind of cathedral. Cathedral type, type kind of places. Theater, you know, we're not talking about like open theaters. air places. These are closed ceiling places that have right. high elevated places. But fear you know. of open high places. Huh. So, um, so you know, hey, that that you can struggle with that at a concert because there's a lot of shows that are, yeah. that are like that. Um, there's also a couple other fears. I'm not going to pronounce the phobias but if you go on the website you can get a better idea um fear of streets or crossing the street which would affect you if you're going to a show um fear of crossing the street cross, fear of crossing the street wow. that is a fear that's amazing um also fear of darkness hmm. okay so fear of you know the unknown and i'm sure many listeners have that fear of a fear of darkness darkness but it probably doesn't um, affect your life so much that you're never in the dark, right. I bet. But most people could probably relate with that. Why I think it's important when you're de- dealing with concerts, what's the first thing that happens when you the music starts... Um, the lights go down. Turning? Yep, the lights go down. You're, you're, you're surrounded in darkness, which is kind of interesting if, if you think about that. Darkness and just these fears in general, you know, they, um, you know... You know, and, and the scary movies. You know, I, I love Psycho. That's one of my favorite movies to watch, even though it terrifies the crap out of me. And you know, The Exorcist. I I love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies. But 
You know, I went to the theater to see it. You know, I paid money to be scared. We all pay money to have these, you know, <laughs> to go through these uh, roller coaster of emotional experiences. You know, what's interesting is that somebody could have these fears, may or may not, they may never, you know, may not know that they have these fears, but, uh, you know, they're getting a certain level of pleasure out of that. You know, I mean, people like to go to haunted houses. Why do they like to go to haunted houses? Because they like that, ah, you know, that scaring, you know, sense there's there's a connection there with the, you know, sense of pleasure they're getting from being scared. And part of fear is good, you know. Fear, the definition of fear is a response of physic, a response to phys, physically or emotional response to physical or emotional danger, hmm. basically. So, you know, if you so, so so fear is good because fear is telling you where you're at, you should not be at, or right. there's something there where you're at that maybe you need to think about. So that's good. Now there are things that are going to scare us. Like you said, that you, you kind of want to be scared. You want to be in that situation. You know, um, loud noise or some of the concerts that people go to where there's loud noise and there's loud guitars and there's loud screaming by fans. You know, there's police officers sometimes at them. You know, people want to go to that stuff, but there's some fear involved in that. And then there's a lot of unpredictable behavior that can happen with other fans. Right. Yeah. yeah. So some of those um, intuition that fear is okay. Yeah, there's healthy fear. I mean, if you're driving on a road and it's a winter road and, you know, you're on ice and your car starts to swerve, uh, you know, you get afraid and you slow down, you know, so that's a healthy sense of, you know, of fear, which is pretty interesting to think about that, you know, how we're hardwired in our brains to Sure. We're built to see that and acknowledge that, you know, hmm. because it, it protects us. And um, it's interesting because a lot of what... Where a lot of scientists believe, you know, a lot of our um, fear developed uh, was from our ancestors or, or called the cavemen and cave women because they were, um, they were, they could be potential predator. You know, I mean, they were being preyed on. Mm. So um, they had to react to, you know, um, dinosaurs coming after them or animals coming after them. They had to do, a, I mean, fight or flight is an internal response that is 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 good for for a human for a person that's maybe being um taken advantage of but yeah and even for cavemen uh or i guess we shouldn't call them cavemen but our ancestors you know and the sociological you know anthropological roots of that is that and i thought it was fascinating when i read this in a, a couple books about the whole topic is that live music the, the you know the the roots of that they would play music at night around the fire to keep away the uh, animals because animals tend not to come around when things are loud or pounding or boom, boom, boom. If you think of, you know, uh, what people like at concerts the most is, is the bass, you know, that resounding rattles your chest. Well, that was what they would do with the, you know, pounding the, you know, the, the drums or you know all that type of stuff which is kind of interesting that kept away you know they had that fear of the animals coming at them that they would play music to keep to manage that fear so the first live music was actually um geared for protection 
was it was a way to protect themselves. Wow, yeah. It's very interesting. Yeah. I wonder if one day it will come full circle and we'll use live music to protect ourselves to some extent. <laughs> but um, there's a lot of fears. There's a fear of heights still. Like I said, go on this website because you can see a, a lot of different ways that a person in um, that's at a live show, you know, things, fear of dust. I mean, how many of you have been to a live fear show where there's dust there? D-U-S-T. D-U-S-T, Dust. Yes. There's also a fear of opinions. So if you had a fear of opinions, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast right now. But if you like being, which you would, to to the flip side, you, if you like being scared, you know, you're, you know, I mean, you clicked play on this podcast, you saw fear, you know, in the headline or whatever we end up writing about that. But in any case, you want to be scared. Fear of men. That's too bad, you know, because half of the concert uh, goers are men. So fear of men. So yeah, fear of men. What, what's uh, that? How do you fear know? of men is androphobia. 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 Wow. If uh, any lady listeners out there, if you have, uh, you know, you think you have androphobia and you've been to a concert, I mean, like for example, we went, we went to see Grinder, or I did. I went to see Grinder Man uh, about a year ago. And it was mostly male, ninety percent male. You know, so I'm w- and wondering if most of the is there a fear a fear of females? There is. There is a fear of females. Uh huh. And what's that um, one? I don't know that I know what that's called, but there is a fear of females. Like I said, just check out this website. Yeah. Um. There's at least fifty that would that would affect um, a live concert goer. Yeah. So I bet there was a lot of you know like when we went to. We saw James Blunt uh, a few years ago, and it was it was the opposite of Grinder Man. It was about ninety percent women, ninety nine point nine percent women uh, in the <laughs> in the show. And I bet a lot of you know there might have been some women in that c- concert that had uh, androphobia. There's also a fear of making decisions. You'd have a hard time at Lollapalooza. Wow. Yeah, you got to make a lot of decisions at Lollapalooza. Wow. Yeah that that would that would terrify somebody. Yeah. Fear of making decisions. Wow. Well, what's that one called? Fear of trees, too, which would be hard for someone who goes to, um, like when we went to Michigan, yeah. um, there was a great uh, concert festival, Rothberry. You would in never Michigan. be able to enjoy Rothberry. Uh, Rothberry, and then there's also, it's, it's turned into oh, a different the festival electric, now. Electric, electric Forest Festival. Electric Forest. So you wouldn't be able to go to that if you, were, you had a fear of yeah. trees. Which is unfortunate because that whole, that whole area, that's like one of the best parts of Rothberry, formerly known as Rothberry Electric Fork Fest, Forest Festival, was a pretty cool show. But you wouldn't be able to get that. There's also a fear, a fear of, of, of drinking, really, which would be hard probably if you went to a live show. Wow. Um, I mean, the list goes on and on and on, huh? I mean, wow. So that's uh, wow. Fear of crossing streets, hmm. which would be a huge fear if you were at a live show. I mean, I, I can only imagine. Um, but, oh, there's one, fear of home, which actually being in a live show would be a good thing if you're afraid of home, hmm. you know, fear of home. Yeah. You know, I wonder how the internet has, uh, influenced, you know, that one. Cause as we've been doing some more inner, you know, uh, virtual concert experiences, I imagine people who have those fears don't, you know, don't prefer to go to the venue. They'd rather watch it all online cause they don't want to, they don't want to be terrified you know, with, uh, with that, you know? Interesting, uh, interesting stuff. Great. Uh, what else? What else you got there, Colleen? Look like you got some, some pretty good, uh, 
Good notes there. Well, you know, I just um, fear is, is is pretty common for everyone. So to say that um, you know, oh, this person has more fear than the, the next would be would be a lie. I mean, everyone has some sort of fear. It's how they manage it. And the best thing to do is if you're afraid of any of these things or fear is affecting you at shows or not allowing you to go to shows, is to face it. Mm-hmm. And face it with a professional. You know, face it with someone um, that can help you through that process. I think one of the things that, uh, you know, I was debating whether or not to share this in the show or not, but, you know, I'll go ahead and share it anyways. Uh, one of the most, because uh, actually the, this experience was very scary for me, and it, it was one of the reasons that I decided to start doing Live Fix uh, and, and, and really explore that, because uh, what had happened is that I went to, uh, uh, it was a secret show not a lot of people knowed about, uh, or knew about it, and uh, it was involving two members of Wilco, uh, Jeff Tweedy and uh, Glenn Kochi, of uh, the drummer for Wilco, were playing a secret show in DeKalb, Illinois, and I went there with one of my friends, and they actually oversold the venue, and it was packed in there, and it was hot, like it was it was warm, and uh, Glenn uh, Glenn Kochi played uh, his uh, album uh, Mobile uh, Mobile, I don't know how you, one of those ways of saying it, but uh, fantastic show. And then Jeff Tweedy was going to come on and play some acoustic stuff, which he normally does. He they were doing this before uh, the release of. Uh, I'm not sure which album it was. If it was Ghost, Ghost is Born or, or whatever. But um, they were doing these special little uh, pop-up shows uh, in the area. So Glenn Kochi got done, and I looked over to my friend, and I started to feel really weird. You know, uh, I started to see spots were moving around, and you know, I wasn't drinking, and you know, I don't, I don't take drugs, you know, at at shows or or, or whatever. But um, started to feel really lightheaded, and. Uh, I reached onto my friend's arm and for balance because I started to wobble a little bit. And then the next thing I know, you know, uh, everything went dark. And all I could hear were voices. And my friend, from what he was telling me, he was dragging me through the crowd. And, you know, this is the, the show had not started yet. Uh, Glenn, or Jeff Tweedy was, was, coming, was coming on. So this is all in between and all this other kind of stuff. And the next thing I know... Uh, I hear people asking me, you know, open up your eyes, can you feel anything kind of thing. So they had brought me back to the bar area, you know, propped me up up against the back of the bar, and I was, you know, sitting there, and I opened opened up my eyes, and I couldn't see anything. You know, it was just darkness, which is pretty terrifying. You know, and I tried to lift up my arms, my legs, couldn't hear any, you know, or I couldn't feel anything. My legs, you know, they felt like uh, fire hoses. The best way I can explain it, everything was like super heavy and you know, little by little, my vision started to come back, but everything was like shifting around. And I just, you know, ask people were asking me, you know, did you take drugs or, you know, was he drinking? And he was like, no, 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 no. He just passed out and everything. So and apparently you're not alone because there was a study. The New England Journal of Medicine took a look at this in 1995. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. There was a study, a recent issue of the New England Journal of Medicine tackles the problem teenage girls fainting at rock concerts, which I know you're not a teenage girl, yeah. but we, we can look at this. Uh, researchers interviewed 40 of the 400 girls who fainted at a concert by New Kids on the Block in Germany. <laughs> Their fainting was traced to hyperventilation caused primarily by being squeezed in the crowd and by being overcome by emotion. Mm. Other contributing factors identified by the researchers were sleeplessness during the, the previous night, 
fasting from early morning when the girls join the queue for the concert, a long period of standing in the arena. Wow. Yeah, we we were waiting quite a quite a while for them to go on, and it was I mean it was crowded uh, in there. I mean it was you you almost felt unsafe. It was one of those situations where you know if something happened, I mean I don't know how we would have got out of there. You know, and Thomas Limpert of the Berlin University Clinic, who was part of this research, said the best thing that you can do to prevent is sleep, eat, sit, keep um, cool, and stay out of the crowd. Well, that's kind of hard to do when you're joining a live show, but it says the less that you're in the crowd, the less chance you will to fa- have to faint. Yeah, I mean, it was pretty crazy. I came back, you know, I eventually was able to see, but I still, everything felt really heavy. And basically what happened is that I had a non-diabetic hypoglycemic episode, which basically means my body ran out of sugar and uh, started to shut down. My body was shutting down. So uh, what had happened, uh, you know, when you look at it, I could have died. Uh, you know, and, and that to me has always been a part of future shows. You know, now I go to, uh, to shows, I make sure, you know, obviously that I eat, uh, a lot had changed before that show. You know, I was eating, uh, on a different, you know, I had a different physical workout regimen that I was doing. Uh, I was playing baseball, so I was lifting weights and all this kind of stuff. And a lot of that changed. So, but in, in any case, you know, that, that Wilco show, uh, was was a pretty terrifying experience that had uh, that has continued to have significant impact on you know I never forget it you know and, we, and I it, always think about it when I go to the metro or I go to places in the back of my mind it always pops up like oh my you know something can happen you know we would love to hear if you have any um, scary experiences that you've had at live shows or passing out experiences I'm looking at um, the Twitter feed I'm looking online it looks like a lot of people a lot of fans have have passed out from you know, Michael Jackson to Gym Class Hero concerts. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. And though, uh, what's what's interesting too is that, uh, you know, Colleen, you're, you're talking about all these different fears. And, you know, these fears, most of the, you know, most of the time they get acted on. You know, we, we they, they manifest in ways that, you know, you may not be having that fear, but the person next to you may be having a fear of darkness and the way that they deal with that fear is that they do something to you, you know, or they punch you or they, they take, you know, they do something. And uh, one of the tracks that we're going to we're going to uh, play here for you guys is uh, from a band called Mike Snow. And uh, the reason we're playing this is because we saw Mike Snow uh, last year, a couple years ago at the Empty Bottle in Chicago. And, uh, you know, it was a scary show, meaning that when they play uh, these guys, I don't know if they do it now, I, I think they still do, because it it's a pretty interesting setup that they have. But they play with masks on. They kind of look like Michael Myers from Halloween. They have little Halloween masks on, all the band members do. So the lights were flashing, and, you know, Colleen was taking pictures, and I had my notepad out, I'm writing notes. And all of a sudden, this girl comes up to me, you know, she looks at me, and she, boom, she, like, taps, you know, she slams her hand down on my notepad and kind of jabs me in the stomach. And, you know, and she yells at me and she says, put away that, just enjoy the show. You know, and and I was like, wow, that's really crazy. You know, and we've had some pretty interesting experiences with fans acting that out. Was she afraid of something, you know? And at the same show, I had um, a similar guy. I wonder about that. I appear to be under the influence, I'm not sure, um, pushed me. And continue to push me, you know, and so there's just a lot of 
can be a lot of dangerous stuff that people do at shows. I mean, that's part of the show, and that's a fun part of the show, but sometimes it can get very out of hand. Yeah, and our emotions drive us. I mean, I uh, there, there's no question, you know, about uh, you know about that. I mean, our our emotions drive us, and one of our emotions is is fear. You know, and yeah, we may be drinking or taking drugs or whatever, but a lot of that stuff doesn't you know human emotion doesn't happen in, in a vacuum. You know, there's something that's driving that. So I've always thought about that girl punching me in the stomach or you know slamming her hand down on my notepad and be like, wow, you know, was she, you know afraid of something you know was she just acting that out and you know i happen to be standing next to her you know so if you guys have ever been to a show where something like that's happened where you're thinking that someone next to you has you know acted out on their fear because they don't know any other way to deal with it we'd love to hear about that i mean i think that's it's a really fascinating thing to think about uh especially you know on halloween so uh we're gonna we're gonna play a track from uh from mike snow in just uh in just a bit but um you know, I think that uh, you know this is uh, this has been a pretty pretty fun show. I think uh, are you are you scared now, Colleen? Are you scared of anything? I'm I'm scared that there's so many phobias out there. Yeah, I'm scared I'm going to get another one. So your phobia phobia? I'm pho- I'm I have a phobia of acquiring phobias. <laughs> after reading that list, right? And the big thing here that you know we we're going through all these fears, and you know the big question that, that we want to ask you guys and we want to explore this together with you, is, is there a fear of concerts? You know, can you have just an overall fear of live music? And if you do, can you, you know, can you face that? Does it keep you from going to concerts? Does it push you more to go to concerts because you like being scared? Like you, you know, you love scary movies and you love scary concerts. So, you know, something to, uh, to really think about, you know, as we move forward here and then, uh, we're also going to we're going to wrap up the show here with uh, you know not just one track but uh, but two, one f- uh, again from Mike Snow. Uh, the track's called Burial, and then the other one is from Saint Vincent. Uh, she, uh, the band name is Saint Vincent, but it's uh, singer and uh, songwriter uh, Annie Clark, who uh, again she's one of our one of our favorite artists. We've seen her a couple times already, and her music uh, is definitely it's scary. It can be terrifying. And uh, it can definitely invoke invoke fear. Uh, her show necessarily isn't scary, but you read her lyrics and you put the music together, it could definitely evoke fear. So we picked a track from her latest album, uh, Strange Mercy, and the track is called Surgeon. And listen closely to to these lyrics. I mean, they're 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 creepy, um, but they're beautiful in in the same way as well. So she has a a way of merging those two uh, together. So uh, I think that's that's about it. I mean, we're uh, we're excited to uh, ex- explore the fear, you know, of uh, live music, you know, with you guys. What would uh, you call you know? it? What would you call a fear of live music? Uh, like in the Greek, you mean? No. What a, pho- you... a phobia? Yeah, phobia. What would you Concert- call it? Concertophobia. Concertophobia. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. So we're looking for. A we word should, for concert phobia. Should we have a, con- a contest for that? I think we should have a contest. Yeah. I'd love to hear what the listeners, what they would call a concert phobia. Yeah. Fear of going to see live music. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's our, our trick or treat. You know, you, you, you know we want to give you guys a, uh, 
a little uh, incentive there. I don't know what our prize is. I mean, we just kind of thought of that right now, but uh, we'd like to rely on you guys to have... Uh... It's a secret prize. <laughs> a secret prize, right? Secret like, prize. Uh... If, you, if you send us uh, some ideas, and we'll pick the winner, and it'll be a secret prize. It'll be a package prize with a few prizes in it. Right, right. Because we have a lot of... Uh... A lot of faithful sponsors that that would love to contribute to that. So I think we could we could find that. So if you're able to find a, a name, come up with a with a creative name to uh, a fear of concerts, we definitely uh, would love to to hear that. So again, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Chris and this is Colleen. Colleen and uh, we're uh, we're excited. Uh, again, we hope we didn't scare you too much, you know, but uh, definitely want to terrify you. To the point that you, you know, start to think about you know, how you might be afraid at concerts. You know? So, again, go to livefixblog.com, check out the show notes. And, you know, if you're not too scared, race in iTunes. It's really not that scary of a process. I mean, all you gotta do is just click like, Thank you for listening. You guys here is Jack uh, Mike Snow.
Surgeon. Best find a surgeon. 